podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Your post-game wrap-up. Uh, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. There's still a little bit going on with the game, but uh, I'm not feeling so well. I got a cold. Pete Smith joining us here this evening. He's got a little bit of a cold, but there's really nothing that's going to be going on here in the next five minutes of live action that's going to affect anybody, and the game is pretty much in doubt. So, guys, uh, like I said, Pete's going to join us here. We're going to break down highs and lows of week four. I got, I'll be honest, guys, I don't think it's going to be any easier on John Dorsey and company as far as you know the, the cuts and the moves they're going to make over the next few days. Uh, it, it's going to be tough. A lot of guys stood out tonight. Pete... First off, I appreciate you coming out. You know, look, I mean, if you, you know, what's the old line? If you ain't dead, you got to play. So, how you feeling, Pete? And uh, what's the latest, bud? Oh, I mean, you know, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing all right. I mean, I'm I, I came to work. I'm not like Stephen Thomas, where I look for any excuse to throw in the towel. <laughs> yeah, well, he's in Belize right now. You know, doing some uh, comedy tours. So uh, he might be living better than all of us right now. So I guess we can keep our jokes on that one to a to a minimum. <laughs> Uh, I guess we'll jump right into it. Uh, first things first. Uh, Baker Mayfield. This really was a no-win situation for him because, look, if you're the number one overall pick, you really shouldn't be playing in the fourth preseason game. But the most important thing is, is if you are playing, it should look like it comes with ease, and it, it pretty much did. Yeah. I do think. Uh, whether, I don't know if it was a case of you know receivers not getting open. I do feel like he was trying to do too much and holding on to the ball a little bit too long in some certain situations. But uh, you know that that'll come with time. But when the ball comes out, it's it's pretty good. I, I think the prettiest ball he threw is the one to, to your boy Ratley uh, for like twenty yards. And it was just a laser. Yeah, it was. I mean, you just the, the thing that I, I I liked again is is you see the escapability. You see the able, you know, the way he's able to move around the pocket. Um, one thing, you guys, if you learn from anything of this game tonight, is Chris Spielman is not very good at his job. Not very good at his job at all. He's a homer, which you can tell right away. Um, and you know, oh well, well, he took his eyes, you know, from looking downfield. Well, when he got two guys crashing in, he had about 650 pounds. You might want to get the hell out of Dodge. But I think he looked good, you know, getting out of the pocket. You saw the smartness that he's not afraid to understand that it's not there and just throw a ball away. So, you know, Baker, for the most part, look, I we're probably this is probably the last we're going to see of him, you know, for two, three weeks, you know, maybe even more, depending on Zyron Taylor. But uh, it was a good way for Baker to go off into the sunset here for a little bit and, you know, go into a little bit of an understudy role. Sure. Um, you know, the, the best case scenario is we don't see him for a while uh, and let him sort of just <laughs> use this to, to get better. The only thing I thought was bizarre uh, was – bringing him back in for the two-point conversion. I don't get it. Um, broadcast, they tried to play it up like they wanted him to get a two-point uh, two-minute drill and missed out on the opportunity, which I'm sorry I don't buy, given the fact that they Baker Mayfield had two two-minute drills in front of him in the preseason, and Todd Haley basically quit on both of them and didn't take it up on it. So that, that was curious. Uh, let him take a very unnecessary hit. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, let's, you know, hopefully we don't see him for at least eight weeks. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you know, time's going to tell, obviously, you know, and look, with anything, guys, when we always mention it, look, you know, obviously, you know, injuries are going to tip the scales. Uh, if something goes wrong, you're going to see Baker before you see uh, Coach Stanton. So, but look, I mean, for that's it. It's on ice. And the other thing is, you know, if you win some ball games, it puts you in a lot of favorable position to go ahead and let, you know, obviously, you know, Baker go ahead and sit. Uh, Pete, the running backs, uh, 
now this we've talked about this. You know, week one, nothing really happened. Week two, we saw some nice things. Week three, we saw some nice things. Every one of these guys highlighted tonight. Nick Chubb, um, I, I think he kind of needed this uh, because he needed to start a game where he was behind an offensive line that was maybe better against the guys he was going against. You know, if anything, to get the confidence back, but just even still to know that, you know, almost all the time he's capable of, you know, positive yardage and things of this nature. It, it, and I think it was a good send-off of the preseason. And now Nick Chubb will be ready for a role where he can get, you know, 8 to 12, 10 touches, you know, rotating in with Carlos Hyde as we head into week one. Yeah, it didn't hurt to have uh, Kevin Zeitler there uh, yeah, for that it's, first. It's nice. To, it's nice to have your first team right guard. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it was nice to see that, but I I don't know if it was you know it's it's certainly nice to have him run downhill a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it was for his confidence, but I do think it helped the confidence of fans who are sort of waiting for, you know, what is this guy like? Where where is the player? We you know. People kept building him up to be, uh, who was running behind nothing, uh, and basically getting you know a 2.8 yard per carry average, and 2.6 of that was after first contact. Uh, so it was nice to see him sort of have a little space and run. Obviously, it was nice to see uh, the fourth and one actually call the run. He made a nice cut uh, into the end zone. That's sort of the stuff I think people are going to come to expect from uh, Chubb when he gets going. Yeah, no, and then it just continued along. Uh, you know, Matthew Days, and then obviously Hilliard. I mean, just a phenomenal effort on the running backs on a whole. Uh, I think the most impressive thing, if if you're a guy who wants Days on this roster, was you know the special teams tackle covering the punt. But he showed well. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're Cleveland, you're going to hope you're going to get one of the at least one of these two guys on your practice squad. But you know, strong day all around. I mean, quick feet. Everybody was moving well. You know, Days with. I mean, it had to be close to damn near 130 total yards. Yeah, he had a, he had a, he, he had probably his best game as a Cleveland Brown. Now, having said that, and he did have the special teams tackle, which you know that's maybe his best play, better than the the, the long touchdown run. The problem is he left with an ankle injury, uh, and obviously, you know, there's no been no confirmed update on that. But hopefully, that's not something that's going to you know potentially cost him where he has this you know. His, his one shining moment type deal because he hasn't gotten a lot of run. Um, this is the first game he actually got any any real uh, opportunity to sort of build a little momentum, and he was great. Uh, but that would be un- unfortunate, certainly for him, if you know all that was for you know an ankle injury that sort of you know cost him his job or potentially ends his season before it even starts. Uh, but as far as Hilliard goes, um, you know I, I'm I'm a fan of Hilliard. I, I love his athletic tools. Um, I, I I don't think people realize how big he is because the, so many backs on this team are huge. Um, he's 200 pounds and he can you know he's a four four guy and and when he got out and had an opportunity to show it, he can he can go uh, a little upright. Uh, but I, I did like seeing some things in pass protection and some of those things. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I think you know I I think it's lunacy the idea that they're going to keep more than three backs. I mean the, the fourth guy is never going to see the field as a running back unless somebody, go, you know, even two guys go down. So you can get somebody on the practice squad that can come up and, and do that. Um, but, and as you and I have sort of talked about, like, you know, as good as he was on special teams, you, you certainly think that a guy like a B.J. Bellow or a Justin Curry can do that part of the job. And if you're saying that they can – then at least at that point you're getting a linebacker out of it as opposed to a fourth running back. 
Well, I mean, exactly. They're being asked to do the bread and butter. Uh, bread and butter. Guys, you're listening, you're listening to Locked On Browns. We're doing the week four post-game wrap-up. Uh, obviously, Pete's cat's going butt wild. There's sirens out in Ohio. He picks on me for where I live, but it's, it seems like a wild Thursday night now. Ohio, uh, where Pete lives. Guys, Locked On College. It's launched. Uh, everybody's going to be up running within the next 10 days or so. Uh, whatever your school is, go ahead, find them. Locked On Sooners, for all you Baker Mayfield fans, they are up and running, so go ahead and check out Locked On Sooners. Pete, um, before we even, I, I kick it over to the other side of the ball. Desmond Harrison, uh, I think, for the most part, what I, I saw tonight, I liked. One thing that did bother me on a whole a little bit on the offensive line is, you know, the old phrase that we learned from all these offensive line guys now who are now in new football Twitter is looking for work. You saw a lot of guys not looking for work. You know, a lot of guys who were literally, I mean, having their guy getting tackled almost falling into their lap. But Desmond Harrison, I, I got to keep this guy because, look, I mean, we've had our talks about him, whether it was he's here for three weeks, three months, or three years. You see the talent, and it's there, and I'd rather develop a guy like that as opposed to cross my fingers that a Spencer Durango or a Sean Coleman doesn't get my number one overall quarterback, Baker Mayfield, or Tyrod Taylor killed. Sure. Um, my thing with Desmond Harrison is I think his play strength is a problem, and I think that's always going to be a problem, and, and certainly you're going to make the case. We spoke about this when you were in Mobile. The weight is not where you want a left tackle to be. And everybody, oh, well, he can get the weight up. Well, this is now, I mean, nine months later, and this is still the same topic of conversation with Desmond Harrison. Right, and this, there, you've, you've got to fall into two schools of thought. Either you believe that you know a player can come into the league with not enough play strength, and that's just who they are, and they're never going to be that way, which is tend to be where I fall into, or you believe that you can put this guy in a weight room for a year or two years, and then eventually he's going to build into that. Um, but and and you can say, well, he's a backup left tackle. You know, if you're if you're at that point, you don't really you're not really worried about pass, uh, anything but pass protection, which I understand. But I do see him get moved uh, in terms of uh, getting bold a little bit, which which worries me a little bit. But yes, yeah, certainly better than uh, Drango. Who I, I just saw. I, I don't see it. Um, but I but I do like guys like Delaro, Christian Delaro. Come back to me, Pete. I'd be surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting to be kept. Uh, I'd be surprised if he wasn't. Now, of course, you know, there's some risk there. Uh, he's had his issues, so, you know, he may be a one-strike-and-gone and type guy. Yeah, I think he's a guy like, they like to develop, but I don't think he has a huge, huge netting under him, you know, as far as security or security blanket or anything of that nature. I'll kick it over a little bit to the uh, defensive side of the ball. Uh, look, uh, guys, you know, with the, all the linebackers out tonight, you saw that you know the Browns obviously you know they, they're not happy about losing Michael Kendricks. I think they had a nice role planted out for him with the amount of guys they kept out of tonight's action. You know that obviously told you what they felt about their first five when they kept four linebackers out this evening. Um, but we got to see Bello, got to see Curry. These are guys with crazy activity, and it's going to be tough. You know because one of these guys is going to make it. One of these guys isn't, and the other thing is, I, you know, neither one of these guys are going to find a way to a practice squad. Right. Uh, look, I I think in some ways the Detroit Lions are doing the Browns a disservice in that they are so horrible that that there's an element of if you see guys making plays, it doesn't necessarily trans transition to making you believe that they can do it on Sundays. Um, 
And to me, B.J. Bellow and Justin Curry, I, I'm, I'm fully prepared to be dead wrong and eat it on this, but I really do believe those are the two guys that are auditioning for one spot, and that's basically what this game was. Um, and I thought Justin Curry had a great, great game, um, active, uh, flying all over the place. I mean, he, he had two blocks on the, on the Nate Orchard pick six memory of a lifetime play, uh, and he's flying around making plays. But he also left with a knee injury, and I, I, I certainly hope uh, he's not going to, you know, that's not going to keep him out because last year um, I don't think he was going to make the team, but he at least had a shot, and then he broke his ankle, and that, that was it. Um, so I'm hoping this knee thing's minor because I do think this this time he does have a shot to make the team. Last year was as a safety. This year he's bulked up as a as a not a big linebacker, but he's certainly too big to play safety, and he can do a lot of things, special teams and otherwise. He, he's shown himself to be a good player. B.J. Bellow um, was a guy they basically got out of uh, some directional Illinois small school. Illinois, and- Illinois State. Your sound peak. Athletic prospect. That was basically what he was. He didn't wasn't very uh, productive, um, and I thought you know compared, last year he, he basically was on the team doing nothing but special teams. This year I do think he's gotten better. I do think he's become a more of a actual linebacker as opposed to just being a guy flying around. So now he's gotten to the point where he's at least interesting. Uh, and and again, assuming both are healthy, I think they will be on fifty threes. It's just a question of if they're going to be on the Browns fifty three or somebody else's. You know, obviously, you know uh, James Burgess Jr. He was another one who went injured. So, I mean, it, there could be a, a spot here where, you know, you keep you know keep some linebackers. I mean, for the time being, through the weekends, if somebody's brought in, obviously that's always going to change something else. But you may end up keeping somebody and going a little heavy at linebacker for a week or two because obviously we all know Jannard Avery is out as well. You know Whether or not he makes it back week one, from what I hear, he's saying the right things that he thinks he's going to be back week one. But there's a difference between a rookie in the NFL saying, I think I can be back in two weeks, and then a guy who's been in the NFL and having doctors and people saying, no, no, you know, you're back in two weeks or you're not back till you know three, four weeks. So we'll see all that plays out. So they, we may end up a little linebacker heavy here. After this weekend, obviously with the Burgess injury, with the Kendricks obviously gone, and with you know Jannard Avery on the shelf here for the time being as well. Uh, secondary, we've done a lot, a lot of talking about this cornerback group, and it seems like, I mean, right now every one of these guys, I mean, you know, with the veterans, you know, who didn't play tonight, who were signed during the offseason, Denzel Ward, every one of these guys kind of made a case for themselves tonight, and they really kind of have done up until this point. So I mean, whether you can probably move a guy or two, you know, maybe you can get something back for him. But you know, whether it was Rice or whether it was Jordan, I mean, Simeon Thomas, the rookie, uh, you know, I think he's destined for a practice squad. But you know, a lot of these other cornerbacks, I mean, they really showed well, McKinnon well. I mean, if you want to take away the special teams, you know, faux pas, whatever, you know, they, that's just a situation where you know maybe he wasn't familiar enough. I mean, that's not going to get you cut or, or anything in that nature. But you know, McKinnon, Rice, uh, you know, uh, you know, Mike Jordan, all these guys looked well. Right, I think uh, I think Simeon Thomas cut himself tonight. Uh, two bad pass interference plays where he just got grabby. 
uh, and he really didn't need to be. Uh, I think his technique is problematic, and I agree with you. I think I think he's a safe bet to the practice squad, and I don't think he's going to have a lot of interest from other teams, in, in both in how unique he is in sort of his build, but also because he's older and has his head hit share of problems uh, at the collegiate level. Um, you know, I think Mike Jordan is going to be the sixth corner. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, kept a McKinnon or – a rice or somebody the the question i really have is going to be are they do they feel so good about either of those guys that they decide like a guy like ej Gaines goes ir short-term ir uh some sort of injury uh settlement type deal and move on from him only because he's hurt and may miss a couple weeks and it wasn't working Uh, out very well anyway Right, and it wasn't like he was setting the world on fire, so it may be a case of, you know, they're pretty close, but available now as opposed to available in two, three weeks, uh, that may turn the tide. So, you know, that could be sort of a a mild surprise that you end up with, like, Ward, uh, Terrence Mitchell, uh, Brian, Body Calhoun, uh, Carey, you know, despite himself in some ways, uh, Mike Jordan, and then a guy like Rice or McKinnon or one of those as a sixth guy. The other possibility, I don't don't think it's terribly likely, is they basically say Brian Body Calhoun is a corner and a safety, so we don't have to keep four safeties. But you know, the the, the worry with that is obviously if he gets hurt, now you're down two spots. Uh, so I, I hope they do keep a fourth safety. Well, the worry with that also though is nobody really knows where Demarius Randall is right now. When you say I want to go see my own personal doctor for a second opinion. Obviously, we have an issue right there with Demarius Randall. So, you know, guys, like we say, when injuries sometimes have a way of working things up, this is what kind of happens there. And, you know, it, it, it could just be a case of, you know, we've got to keep these 53 right now to make sure we got enough to play each week. And then, you know, as guys get healthier, you know, you know, obviously the roster is going to fluctuate from there. Guys, locked on Browns. We had Pete Smith on here. We're uh, checking it, you know, doing the postgame wrap-up. I do believe it pretty much confidently it was a Cleveland Browns win. Like I said, we went to tape a little bit before it was over. But uh, enough of Mr. Uh, Rudock or whatever. Oh my God, I, I just couldn't watch anymore. Uh, but guys, Locked On NFL Podcast, Matt Williamson. Uh, I got to join him this la- uh, this past week. Mondays he's going to do you know us Locked On hosts as far as the big games and the big stories of the weekend. He's going to have you know uh, Sage Rosenfels to come in and do offensive analysis. He's going to have Mike Renner for BFF. He's going to have Mike Sando from ESPN. Friday, he'll go into game picking for the weekend and game matchups and things of that nature. Matt Williamson, locked on NFL. Guys, to in the rotation. He's doing a fantastic job over there. Uh, Pete, I, I guess at this point, we're just going to go with some parting shots here. Uh, you know, Give me a guy or two. and Actually, let's go right here. Nate Orchard, he's been a big part of Hard Knocks. Um, look, the interception return, I do not think in any way is going to change anything. Nate Orchard will have a job. Somebody's going to pick him up. People, you know, always want to go four or five deep at the, uh, you know, pass rusher position. But, uh, you know, if it was the last memory of Nate Nate Orchard as a Cleveland Brown, it was a nice way to go away. Right. I I, I don't, I agree with you. I think, I think his fate was sealed before this game happened. Um, And and unfortunately, the way this, uh, the fourth preseason game for four cuts, I think a lot of that is sort of um, worked out uh, before this. But in his case, you know, it was pretty bad the first couple of preseason games but i give him credit i mean it was a incredible play 
Uh, but yeah, it's going to probably be the last, you know, that lasting memory of of his time in Cleveland before he goes off to uh, hopefully get another job. Because on the you know the flip side, and and here's the thing of it is is like. Carl Nassib had a, what would be a sack fumble, which was you know ruined by a penalty, but yeah. it's still on, it's still on tape. And with preseason, you know you can talk about penalties all you want, but the, the the tape is the tape. So if you're talking about what did he do to sort of help himself, well, he had a sack fumble, um, and I think he's just been simply better uh, overall this entire preseason by a pretty wide margin. So yeah, I, I, I think Nate Orchard's in trouble. I think Devin Kajust is in trouble. Um, I think he might be a practice squad candidate for the Browns, uh, and Ro- Brogan Rubeck I think will be on the practice squad. Uh, you know, that's one of those things where you want to get a fourth quarterback or third if that's if that's how your team is on the practice squad. So if something happens to somebody, you have somebody who's at least been in your playbook uh, that you can call up and bring up. And it's not like you know if Brogan Rubeck's in the game, you're screwed. You understand that, but at the same time, it beats you know potentially bringing a street free agent where you're still screwed, but at least broken row back and chuck the ball uh, in the, in the right neighborhood because he's at least seen the plays. Well, and the one thing you saw is look, I mean, robeck has got an arm. I mean, the touchdown pass was an absolute hunter. So, I mean, you, you're impressed with him from that standpoint. Um, but look, I mean, for him, he's, it, it's, you know, right church, wrong pew right now. Uh, this is not the place, you know. New York Giants may be a much better situation for for him, where you know maybe they're looking for somebody younger who to step up. But uh, obviously, that guy already exists here in Cleveland. But you know, Roback, you know, I think for the most part, you know, kind of looked apart, and you definitely can see there's an NFL arm there to it. Uh, you know, could he be one of those guys? Two to three years could be somebody. It's interesting to see what's going to play out. Uh, Pete, give me a name or two, something you just saw from tonight, or a guy you're looking out for for the next 48 hours before cut towns roll down. Are you talking about for the Browns or in general? Absolutely, the Browns. Um, guys, that uh, I mean, I, I'm hoping there's three offensive linemen. I'm hoping find their way to the practice squad, and I find it curious that the Browns played them so little. And I'm almost wondering if they're sort of hiding them or Anthony Fabiano, uh, Jeff Gray, and Christian Delaro. They have the athletic profiles to be uh, successful NFL linemen, and it's a question of if they're going to be developed. Um, for the long term, but those are guys I'm hoping find their way to the practice squad um, because if you are, are allowed to sort of keep them and, and develop them, that they may have a nice little future, uh, whether it's here or somewhere else. I'm going to continue with Mr. Roback. I, I think you saw some things there that there could be a potential NFL quarterback there someday. Um, I don't see a future in Cleveland because, you know, obviously, it's you know when Baker's time comes, it's going to always be that you're always going to have maybe a guy like a Drew Stanton or the Chase Daniels of the world around, just somebody he can lean on and, you know, can kind of be the, you know, the, the divider between, you know, coach and quarterback. Uh, you know, defensively, you know, you know, Carrie was one, B.J. Bello, and, you know, like I said, these guys, I, I think they're going to be here for week one unless somebody else is brought in, you know, of better ilk who has a better resume. I just think you're going to need these guys right now because, you know, you, you, you down some guys on defense. And for right now, I mean, it may only be for week one or week two, and maybe they'll get moved on from then. But I think both these guys are safe, and you know, you want these active guys. And the one thing that you came away with these last couple of weeks, you know, the Eagle game and tonight is there's a lot of athletes on this defense, and I'd rather lose with athletes who are learning on the fly than with guys who may know everything but don't have the athleticism to ever get it done. So that's where I'm at with that. Guys, uh, for Pete Smith, obviously, you know, Bright's, you know, does a fantastic job covering the team, the Cleveland Browns over at NFL Spin Zone. 
Uh, for me, uh, you know, guys, follow the at Locked On Browns account. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. I appreciate everything, uh, guys. The feedback, everything we're doing has been fantastic. Uh, everything you guys have been saying since we made the upgrade and the sound is better, it, it means a ton. And I'm going to continue to try to put out great work for you guys. Pete, do me a favor. Some green tea, some vitamin C. You got a game to coach tomorrow night, dude. This is true, and I'm way ahead of you on the tea and all that stuff, man. Believe me. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, power through. We'll figure it out. All right, uh, guys. For Pete Smith, for myself, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, guys, appreciate everything. Uh, and here's the thing, guys. It's over. Now it is. Everything is on the line. It's all about W's. There's no more excuses. One in thirty ones in the rear view. Seven and one in the preseason the last two years. All well and good. What matters now? And I'll go with you know the words of Mr. Belichick. We are on to Pittsburgh. And with that, we'll talk to you tomorrow night. Let's go, Browns.